Welcome to From the Source with Frankie and Sarah from Baker Tilly KDN. This podcast is about helping business owners and entrepreneurs understand and overcome their tax planning challenges. Join us for this journey as Frankie Loretto and Sarah Netley draw from years of expertise and guest experts to help make complex tax planning concepts make sense. Welcome to From the Source with your hosts, Frankie and Sarah, where you get the right information right from the source. I'm Wendy McConnell. Well, today we're starting a series on owner-managed businesses. Is that right, ladies? That's right. Bingo. Excited. This is our first episode of our first mini series. So we're going to kick off today with owner managed businesses. When Frankie and I were thinking about the different topics and you know what we wanted to talk about, it was really hard to find a jumping off point because there's just so much content that we want to dive headfirst into. But we thought maybe this mini series where we talk about owner managed businesses, we talk a little bit, you know, operating business, exit strategies, family succession, maybe this is a good spot to kind of frame some of the conversation and uh, move forward with you know future topics. So today we're going to talk about paying yourself from your company. Ooh. We have a bit of a format that we've worked out and we'll see if we like it. Um, we're trying to emulate like a client scenario, client conversation um, and see, we'll see how that goes and see how that feels at the end of it. All right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, ladies. Great. Because you're going to be our client, Wendy. <laughs> Being the only non-tax person here, we needed somebody that could ask us some genuine questions. Because, you know, Sarah and I, we know everything already. Of course so. we do. Not, we know a, not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> I know. I'm being very facetious. Yeah. So basically, we're going to try this framework for today. I think in future episodes, we're going to have some special guests. So this probably wouldn't work at that. But we're going to see how this goes. And if we like it, maybe we'll do it again. If we don't, then we'll try something else. So we're just going to give this a go. So we're going to pretend that I own a business and I'm your client. Exactly. I am ready. Amazing. Yeah. So we'll probably dive into a scenario that that we deal with all the time. It's a typical conversation that we'd have with each of our clients at some point, if not every year. And that's like Sarah said, how do you pay yourself as a business owner or that I guess the more taxi term is owner-manager remuneration. We'll paint the picture for you, Wendy. We're going to take the assumption that you operate a manufacturing company. And really, when we say manufacturing company, we can insert any type of business here. But we'll say you're a manufacturer, you're incorporated in Ontario, and you're the sole shareholder of this company. We're also going to assume that you're married and let's give you two kids. How does that sound? As long as I can manufacture shoes, I'm good with anything else. I was just going to say, this is your opportunity to own your own business. Like you can have whatever you want. So manufacturing shoes, that's what we're going with. Let's do shoes. I love it. Okay. Let's talk about getting paid then. What's the deal with dividends? Should I be paying myself this way instead of just a salary? See, this is a really important question that every business owner should consider, not just in year one, every year going forward, because the real tax answer to that is, is it depends. There's really no one good way when you're looking between dividends and salary. And really, when we're looking at compensating ourselves as an owner manager, there's other options outside of salary and dividends. They're less common and it's probably something, Sarah, we can talk in some future episodes. So Absolutely. a unique one is 
capital gains, which is a whole other beast that I think would be a really fun and exciting, interesting episode. But the most common ways to compensate yourself are salary or dividends. So what are dividends? Is that something I can take to the bank in cash? It is. So salary, you have to put yourself in two different hats. Your your salary is the amount that you're going to pay yourself as an employee for the services that you're doing on a daily basis for your function. So when you're manufacturing those shoes, you know, maybe you're sourcing fabric or sourcing different materials. But the dividends are what you're earning as a shareholder of that business, right? So your business hopefully is successful, it's profitable. And at the end of the year, it's a way to, you know, it's one way to extract extra profit from the company. And the concept of dividend versus salary becomes, I'd say, more important when you have a business partner and especially when that business partner is not related to you. So I'm not talking about, you know, you and your spouse have a company, but maybe you and a friend or you, you know, an arm's length person have set up this business because even though you may be, let's say, 50-50 shareholders, it doesn't mean your salary is going to be equal when your efforts in the business might be very different than your business partners, right? So you might be spending a lot more time traveling and sourcing materials and finding the right suppliers and finding the customers. Whereas your business partner might've just been like that venture capitalist that put the money in and isn't doing anything on a day-to-day basis. So your salary should reflect those efforts and, and should be different than your partner. But at the end of the year, if you want to take out that profit and compensate yourself for the success that the company has had, that's where then the dividends come in. And you know, when you have that business partner, you want to make sure you're you're compensating the dividends based on your share ownership. So hopefully that clarifies the difference between salaries versus dividend. And just to kind of go back to your scenario where you're the sole owner, that distinction. I would say isn't as important and probably isn't always as clear in the owner manager's mind. Yeah, like the salary is compensation for work you do, whereas the dividends is really just a return on investment. You bought shares. If that company makes money outside of making profit, it can then decide to pay its shareholders a dividend. Just like if you hold shares of, say, Apple or or Google and you see dividends coming through on your investment statement, that's just a return right on your investment. Same thing works in the private structure. One thing to keep in mind, though, is from a legal perspective, you, Wendy, being the shareholder, you're a separate legal entity to your business being the corporation. So now you have two different parties legally. And also from a tax perspective, you have two separate taxpayers. So you and yourself both have separate filings. You as an individual are responsible for your personal filings and paying tax personally. And you're also responsible as a shareholder and director to ensure that the corporation is also filing its its corporate filings and paying corporate tax. And I think, Frankie, that's a really good point to make because as the owner manager and and Wendy, I don't know if you're um, guilty of this from time to time, but when you're the sole owner of your business, it's sometimes easy to view your corporation and your corporate bank account as just an extension of yourself. And so sometimes what we see is clients have set a base salary. So Wendy, let's just say you've you've decided, okay, this year I'm going to take a base salary of $100,000. You're doing your payroll remittances to CRA based on that. But you know, something comes up, you have an opportunity to go on a trip of a lifetime, or you know, you want to go downtown Toronto for dinner with Frankie for her fancy, um, <laughs> her fancy dinners and, and beef tartare. So you you've ended up pulling money from your corporate bank account, or your corporation is now paying personal expenses. You are legally and for tax purposes separate entities. And so 
the tax rules don't allow you just to pull money freely from your company without tax implications. So usually what ends up happening is that's treated as a shareholder loan. And again, the tax rules don't allow your company to loan you money for an extended period of time without there being a tax implication. So I think that's just a really important distinction and something that owner managers really need to remember is that it is a separate legal entity. And so treat it as not just an extension of yourself. So it's, I can't just borrow money from myself and just pay it back. Well, I have to pay it back. Either you have to pay it back or we have to do then, you know, clear it with a dividend. So we then will have your accountant declare a dividend at the end of the year or declare an additional bonus so that that income is now showing up on your corporate tax or sorry, your personal tax return. Because otherwise, just by loaning it to yourself, it doesn't show up. Eventually it will, but right at the outset, it doesn't show up. Okay. So when it comes to paying myself, which do you think is better when it comes to paying less tax, a salary or dividends? So it's an interesting concept. So before we get into that, I just want to talk a little bit about the key difference between salary and dividends, because then this will give you a little bit of background. So salaries or, or wages are deductible expenses to the corporation. So what that means is the corporation doesn't pay tax on amounts it pays to you as a salary. It gets to deduct that from its taxable income. Dividends, this isn't the case. So dividends, you have to pay tax on that that income, a corporate tax, I should say. And then a dividend payment is an after corporate tax distribution from retained earnings. So when you're looking at a corporate tax level, dividend income that's being paid to an individual has been subject to corporate tax, the salary has not. So the way the tax system tries to compensate for that is this concept of integration. So salaries are taxed at a higher rate personally on your personal tax return and dividends are taxed at a lower rate. So we're going to look at the Right now, so in 2022 in Ontario, because that's where Sarah and I are, the top tax rate personally for a salary is over 53%, whereas dividends, the top rate ranges from 39 to 47%. So that has a range because there are different levels of corporate tax paid. So really, at the end of the day, it shouldn't matter from a tax perspective. Yeah. So typically someone will look at that and say, oh, well, if I can get a dividend at either 39 or 47%, that's the way to go. But remember, you have to look at, because you're the owner manager, you have to look at what the your corporate tax liability is and your personal tax liability. And so generally speaking, you're going to be indifferent from a pure income tax perspective, earning salary versus dividend. But there's lots of other considerations. Does that make sense, Wendy? Well, <laughs> that, I knew it. I was like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's clarify. It's, Follow it's question. a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, so I think at the end of the day, you look at, you have to factor in what is the corporate tax that the company has paid and, and how what is that is, determined? That's so, based on the level of income in the corporation. If you're at the small business rate, so you're under 500,000 of profit, you're at 12.2% in your corporation, in excess of that $500,000 threshold, you're at 26.5% tax rate in your corporation. And just to clarify, those are the rates in Ontario 
as of 2022. So depending on where you're listening to this and when you're listening to this, those rates might change. But when we use rates, if we don't specify, it's probably the Ontario rates because we're just speaking with what we're comfortable with. Exactly. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening to From the Source with Frankie and Sarah. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at curtis.bakertilly.ca and all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. Okay, so you say that it depends, though. So there's not really one that's better than the other. Right. Like from a tax perspective, that whole conversation we're having to oversimplify it. If I was to tell you in one you know, sentence comparing the tax implications of a wage or a dividend, I'd say it should not matter. If the tax system is working perfectly, the tax on dividends in your pocket as a, you know individual should be the same as a salary when we look at both the corporate tax plus the personal tax. Now, in reality, is that the case? No, because every province has its own government, so they have different rates and credits, so it doesn't always work out perfectly. But in an ideal scenario, there is no significant difference between how you pay yourself from a tax perspective. I had somebody tell me that she's actually paying her spouse and kids a bunch of dividends to income split. Is that something that can be done? So I know Frankie said that generally in tax, the right answer is it depends. In this case, the right answer is no. And the reason it's no is because they are not shareholders. So you have to be a legal shareholder of a corporation in order to receive dividend income. So what I'm assuming your friend is doing is she has her spouse and kids as shareholders of her company to pay them dividends and minimize their overall family tax bill. And how does that do that? So the concept of income splitting is if you can take an individual who's taxed at the top rate. So let's say we're using that top salary rate, which if you remember a few seconds ago, I said is over 53%. If I can take some income that's going to be reported on that person's tax return and allocate it to a family member. So typically it's a spouse or it could be, say, a child. If they are taxed at a lower rate, say 20% is their marginal tax rate, the difference between 20% and 53% is tax that you have saved. So that's the whole concept of income splitting. Can I transfer income to a family member and save tax because that family member is at a lower tax rate? So this used to be very popular planning. I'm going to say pre-2018 because the rules had changed in Canada, which really tightened up the income splitting ability. So a typical scenario we would see with a business owner would be, say, you, Wendy, say your children had shares in your company and they were going off to university or college. And say they needed like forty dollars or $50,000 to cover tuition, living expenses. If you wanted to get that money in your pocket, you would have had to take an additional salary or, or dividend and pay tax at that top rate and then use that money to then give it to your child. Back in the day, you could instead just pay your child a dividend, say a $50,000 dividend. It's taxed at a super low rate because they're not working or maybe they only have a part-time job and they can then use that money to pay the tuition and their living expenses themselves. So So you're getting more bang for your buck. And instead of you paying that money, taking that money out personally, losing probably up to half of it. So let's just say of that 40 that you're pulling out, 20 of it goes to the government. Now you only have $20,000 
to use towards your kid's education. So this was really common planning, um, as Frankie said, up until 2018, uh, when the rules changed um, with respect to income splitting. Now, in your case, Wendy, your kids and your spouse aren't shareholders of your business, but they could be employees if you're willing to you know, offer them a position uh, and pay them a salary. So the key when you're paying family members, related parties, a salary from your corporation is that it needs to be reasonable. And what CRA considers reasonable is whether you'd be willing to pay an arm's length person. So for example, Frankie and I, would you be willing to pay us that same wage or that same salary that you're paying to your family member? So, you know, if you had somebody that needed to go on a coffee run and you were going to give them $150,000, would you be willing to pay Frankie and I that same amount? Or is that only or children. better yet, let's do like shoe tester. Like, oh, that's like true. try yes. on shoes. <laughs> I'll do that for free, lady. No, go ahead. <laughs> we would too. No, but yeah. if you're will, if you're sitting there saying, "Well, I'm going to get you know my son in here, and I'm going to have him test out these shoes, and I'm going to he's going to work two hours a day, and I'm going to pay him one hundred fifty thousand dollars so that I can take advantage of income splitting." Well, again, if you're willing to pay Frankie and I one hundred fifty thousand dollars for that position, then we will apply. But it's unlikely, right, that you're going to be willing to pay somebody that significant of a salary. Well, how do they test something like that? Do they force you to hire someone else? I mean, like, really, how do you test that theory? That's a good question. That's a very good question. Yeah, it's like they have their own methods and the methodology changes constantly as they get more access to more technology. But likely an easy way to test that is let me go take a look on Indeed or other job similar job descriptions and see, you know, what are they offering those salaries? And mm-hmm. though you might not be able to see that information on say Indeed, but certain jobs you can and mm. really market research. There's so many things where people say, oh, how are they going to figure that out? How are they going to get me? And it's scary. Yeah. And <laughs> what they're really- what they'll ask for too is, do you have a formal job description? Is there a way to track like the time? So do they do, is your employee required to fill out timesheets? You know, looking through, you know, do they have an email account? So if you're just sitting there and saying, okay, yeah, my son goes on coffee runs or tests shoes for us. Are they actually doing that? First, prove that they're actually doing that. And then second, prove that, you know, that is the reasonable wage or salary to be paying them. So they they definitely have their methods of finding whether that reasonable. Again, you might have your spouse might be doing bookkeeping, right? So again, bookkeeping, you know, is an important function of an owner managed business. And so if your spouse is doing that function, but they're again, maybe they're earning, you know, three or four hundred thousand dollars of income, would you pay that, you know, external bookkeeper that same amount? So what's market rate for a bookkeeper? So those those types of things are easier, I think, to, okay. to quantify than the shoe tester. Well, we'll have to dive into some cases and and bring those forward some other future ep- episodes, Sarah. Because I well, good remember idea. the one, and I wish I could I wish I could remember the exact one. But you know, CRA is able to go walk on site, so they'd gone and they'd ask certain employees, whether it's spouses or or, or children, and said, "Where's the bathroom?" So the auditor mm-hmm. will go and ask, you know, "Where's the washroom?" And there's instances where they don't know the answer. So it's like because the they were like, never there. Yeah. So the CRA is like, well, how are you? Act- how is this person, you know, working to make one hundred fifty thousand dollars? And they're not working remotely, but they don't know where the washroom is. Yeah. So they have a lot of creative stuff. But anyway, I'll put a pin in that because we could do a whole fun episode on CRA audits. <laughs> 
So the important thing to keep in mind though, when you're looking at dividends versus salary is dividends don't have that same kind of reasonable requirement that you know paying an, a, an employee a salary does. But as Frankie alluded to, there was a change in 2018. And that change uh, was the introduction of the TOSI legislation, which is referred as an acronym for tax on split income. And very generally, so TOSI applies to a whole host of different types of income that can be paid out of a corporation. Today, we're just just going to talk about dividends. And what it does is TOSI will tax that dividend at the top personal rate, regardless of the shareholder's level of income. And so if you remember in Canada, we have a graduated rate system. Uh, so the lower your income, the lower your tax rate. So in this case with TOSI, even if you had no other sources of income and your tax rate would be zero, that dividend is going to be talked tax at the top personal rate. So it's pretty punitive and it's something that, you know, we need to be aware of. Yeah, and the thing with TOSI and these dividends. So we're talking specifically about, you know, dividends paid from a private Canadian company. Every one of these dividend payments is caught by this tax on split income. So, unless you fit yourself in one of the few exceptions that they have, you're going to be caught and that dividend is going to be taxed at the top rate. So high level, the exceptions, they depend on the age of the person who's splitting income, the types of shares that the dividend recipient owns in the corporation, that individual's, say, monetary contributions to the corporation, as well as their actual involvement in the business. So non-monetary contributions. So we're really generalizing a pretty complicated you know, set of rules in the Income Tax Act. Uh, I'm going to do a shameless plug for a Baker Tilly uh, tax alert that was prepared just after these rules were enacted. And we'll put the link in the show notes. But I really liked this article because it, it referred to you know, being on the toasty highway. And so as an owner manager of, you know, your company, you can think about, okay, I'm going to be, anytime I pay a dividend, I am going to be subject to toasty or the shareholder that I'm paying the dividend to is going to be subject to toasty. I am on that highway. And the only way to not be subject to toasty is to find the appropriate exit to that highway. And the important thing to note is not all exits are going to be open for you. So you have to drive down that highway, look at the exit. Can you get off? Is it open? No, you go to the next one. And hopefully, you know, through discussions with your accountant, your tax advisor, you've been able to plan yourself into one of those um, exits. Okay. So you're saying that TOSI applies to every dividend unless you fit into an exception. So as the owner manager, is there an exception for me? Yeah, there is. Luckily, there is. (laughs) Yeah. What if I was like, no, (laughs) this whole discussion doesn't matter. No No. (laughs) dividends. No. But if you recall, one of the high level descriptions of the exceptions I said was your involvement in the business. So typically as the sole owner, Wendy, you'd be operating the business and you'd be actively involved. And so where an individual is involved on a regular, continuous and a substantial basis TOSI should not apply. And there's some specific tests within that. And I think we should save this for a future episode, maybe a a latter part to this mini series. We can do a whole episode on this because it's interesting stuff, but it is very complicated, like Sarah had said. But really the key takeaway is if you're actively involved in the business, you will likely not going to be subject to TOSI. And typically as the owner manager, Wendy, you're the one that's going to have all the money in the bank and you're going to be looking to pay dividends to your 
to your kids if you know if they become shareholders or your spouse. So it wouldn't really matter for Tosi to apply to you because you're already making the big bucks. So ooh, I like that. <laughs> so is it worth me restructuring the share ownership to add my kids and spouse as shareholders? When it sounds like it's a problem to income split. Yeah. So it again, unfortunately, it depends. You want to really think about the tax savings that you could incur from income splitting and whether, you know, can you fit into, you know, an exception under TOSI for your spouse, for your kids. Um, And remember that if you pay a dividend to a shareholder, that is legally their money. So you can't look at this as a strategy of, you know, I'm going to take all the money, but on paper, we're going to push it over to spouse and kids and just pay less tax. It's legally their money. And again, there's a whole host of other non-tax considerations. So do you want your 18-year-old son or daughter being a shareholder of your company? You know, what happens if down the road they get into financial trouble, they have creditors? Does the value of their shares now become subject to creditors? If they get married and their marriage, you know, they go through a separation or a divorce, you know, there's family law considerations now, you know, that the value of their shares is now at risk potentially. So again, unfortunately, it depends. You really want to look at what are the true tax benefits of bringing new shareholders in and what are you know the costs you need to get a value for your business you need a business valuation you need to get a corporate lawyer to restructure and file articles of amendment to create the shares that you want so it's not just a simple okay i'm going to bring my kids in now there's a lot of kind of behind the scenes work that goes in and are the benefits going to outweigh the cost so unfortunately it depends in some circumstances we certainly look at you know restructuring clients to bring in especially spouses but it depends What we need to do then is get in touch with somebody who knows and then you guys can advise on it. Exactly. Yeah. It's while it's difficult, it's not impossible. And it still does have, you know, there there really is a bunch of tax savings there. It's just once again, it depends on the scenario. And yeah, come talk to us. (laughs) How can people get in touch with you if they would like to? chat with you. Yeah, you can find our website. It's at curtis.bakertilly.ca or you can give us a call at the office at 905-579-5659. So Wendy, hopefully that was uh, somewhat informative, not too overwhelming, but gave a bit of detail that helps you navigate your owner manager remuneration. Yeah, it's a lot, ladies. It's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, ladies. And thank you for joining us today. Please like, follow, and share from the source with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to From the Source with Frankie and Sarah. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at curtis.bakertilly.ca or give us a call at 905-579-5659. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Frankie Loretto, Sarah Netley, or Baker Tilly KDN. Baker Tilly KDN LLP is a member of the Baker Tilly Canada Cooperative, which is a member of the global network of Baker Tilly International Limited. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional accounting advice. Always seek the advice of your chartered professional accountant or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your tax planning.